Yes team, welcome to another episode of the High Performance Coach Podcast. I'm just doing a quick intro uh, as this week's episode is going to be a recording uh, of a podcast that I was on a couple of weeks ago, the Nothing to Something podcast with Mr. Mark McLaren. Uh, A really powerful podcast, what an incredible guy fantastic energy and uh, just a huge passion for what it is that he's doing. So hopefully you guys can uh, extract and take some value. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Yo, welcome to the podcast. Dude, an absolute pleasure. How are you? I'm very well, very well. How are you? I am well, thank you, my good sir. This is obviously take take two of our, uh, of our, of our podcast recording off the back of last week, mate. But I'm hoping uh, that it will be even it will be even more potent and powerful and, and beneficial. Uh, now we've obviously had a, a practice going, then some technical issues uh, that occurred as a that occurred as a byproduct. So uh, now, mate, great to see you once again. Yeah, you too, you too, and that's exactly it. You see, everything <laughs> happens for a reason. So the test run must have been in there for some reason, and this one will be absolute gold, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely, my good sir. Right, I am smiling, as I always do. I've, I've been told that I've got good energy, I've got contagious energy, but I've, I've got an extra big smile because we've just talked about the technical glitches we've recorded previously. That's given me a proper flavour for, for Joe, for Joe Parrish and, and who you are and what you're about. And there's a hell of a lot in there. So I'm really looking forward to this take two. Um, things that stand out for me from the off are high energy, good energy, high energy. Uh, passion, hell of a lot of passion in there. Your knowledge and specifically your articulation, which is something I've worked on for years. When you're in a room with certain people, you give off certain aura, and it's the way you flow with it. The listeners will get to see that over the next 30 to 40 to however long this podcast runs for. But it's a pleasure to have you on. And yeah, we're going to get into all things coaching. Yeah, buddy, very much, very much looking forward to it, my good friend. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to jamming and seeing where this goes. Right, let's start from the top. Who is Joe Parrish in at the deep end? Uh, mate, great question. I think obviously there's so many different ways that you can explore this. You could say, you know, I am the coach's coach. I'm a high performance coach. I'm, you know, Leanne's husband. I'm Lola's dad. I am, you know, like an athlete. I am a coach. I am all of these different things. But I think one of the biggest challenges that I've had is that as soon as you now put yourself obviously in a box and you identify as obviously one sole thing, the challenge is then you now almost will place a lot of your self-worth simply on that. And if that thing's going well, then everything's great. And if it's not going well, then all of a sudden, like you're not feeling great. So one of the biggest, hard, one of the hardest, but one of the most powerful things that I've been able to like explore and do is just understanding, right, okay, who am I? Not as a business owner, not just as a coach, not just as an athlete, not just as a person, not just as, you know, like Leanne's partner, as like uh, as Joe. And actually, how can I now start to understand like me, my values um, and fundamentally, am I now living within those? So like things for me is like I massively value growth, I value autonomy, I massively value like stimulation and exploration and freedom, I value challenge. Um, And so I think it's about understanding what does that now look like? Uh, within my days, within my weeks, within my months? And am I now giving myself the opportunity to obviously now do those things and behave in accordance with what I believe and how I now see the world um, at this present moment in time based upon obviously what I've been through like previously. So um, I think obviously, yeah, like for me, it's like understanding like 
Joe isn't just like one thing because when I've done that before, I end up up and down like a roller coaster because it's like, well, business is going great. Well, then I'm fantastic. Business isn't going well. Well, now I'm a nobody and I'm nothing. And what's the point? And everything else in my life is then almost being dictated as a byproduct of that. And I'm still far from perfect, of course. There's still things that obviously get on top of you that seep into other aspects and other areas. But the big thing that I've been trying to very much work on and very much still a work in progress is how can I now start to have um, a greater degree of depth and obviously a, a kind of a greater awareness around all the different pieces and measuring myself not just in one entity but across a, a multitude of different things amazing amazing joe just talked today about putting yourself in that box that metaphorical box and having the, your previous experience and that's taught you a lot and you no longer sort of put yourself into that box to 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 define who you are how important are the experiences how important is it to go through those struggles, whether that be mental struggles from boxing yourself in or, do you know what I mean? Can this stuff be learned from reading the books and, and watching the courses and the podcast? Or do you need to go through them struggles to learn where your strengths lie and sort of where, where you want to go in life? Yeah, mate, I think uh, there's, there's twofold. Um, one big saying that we have inside the high performance coach is you have to live it and you have to learn it. You have to live it, you have to experience it, you have to understand it. And then fundamentally, some of the greatest lessons have to be experienced in order for them to be understood. Um, and you've now got to be able to obviously go and develop, obviously, the competency um, and obviously then build and develop, obviously, the skills to be able to, um, like, expand your capacity, aka your ability to to deal with the problems and the challenges and the things that you're now currently going through. Um, and on the other side of that, I think you've got to now be able to learn it. You've then got to be able to go and stand on the shoulders of giants and you've then got to be able to go and learn from others who have either walked that path and or have a different perspective uh, and can give you the opportunity to now be able to really develop your skill, um, obviously within a certain area. So I think it's, it's obviously twofold. It's obviously you have to experience it. You have to do the do, which obviously is the thing that now builds uh, competence, which is then the thing that breeds confidence. But also at the same time, I do believe that you have to now be able to go and develop and learn um, because, yeah, we all stand on the shoulders of, of one another, most importantly. And there is, you don't know what you don't know. So I think having that perspective, I think, is absolutely key. But you've got to find your edge. And if you now don't know how far you can go or you don't experience the challenges, we talk about this inside a coaching relationship. It's like, fundamentally, I think we spoke about this last time. It's like, you could now tell or advise or guide somebody on what uh, you now believe may be advantageous for them to do. But sometimes they have to now be able to go and like trust themselves, back themselves, do the thing, fail, and then as a byproduct, learn, and then obviously now look at a different route. And I think the example um, I love to use is if I think about my parents, it's like they would say one thing to me and I'm like, that's a load of Why are you saying that? I don't agree with that. That sounds like a lot of bollocks and I'm, I, I'm not going to do that. And then like one or two years later, you look back and you go, oh yeah, that's why they said that. Oh, that's why they, that's why they basically communicated in that way. Or that's why uh, they behaved in that manner. And it's like, you can only connect the dots when you look backwards. Um, and I think the biggest thing to me was like realizing that, you know, how can you plant seeds most importantly, and uh, not just look at, well, okay, I need to have all the answers and the solutions. And I think you've got to go and learn and experience and obviously put yourself in those places because that experience is going to be the, the very thing that I think is going to connect you to you and then also allow you the opportunity to connect you to others. And then most importantly, tell stories because that's the most captivating thing that you now have at your disposal that's going to connect you and also take people on a journey and also in terms of influence as well can be really powerful. The greatest storytellers are usually the people that have the greatest influence, you know? Certainly, certainly. Absolute magic there, mate. But You've certainly got that talent. Um, you can tell a story. You're captivating when you speak. I'll give you that, mate. 
where does that come from? Has that been sort of, has that been, that been learned? Is that through education? Is that through through experience of being in front of crowds? Because I know you, you do a lot of speaking, don't you? Yeah, I think uh, it's come from two things. Number one, just doing the reps, being shit. Uh, when I first ever recorded my first ever video for social media, it took me six hours <laughs> to record, you know? <laughs> and, and it basically then just, it could have just been like a montage of just me just saying fuck off to myself because I just got it wrong. <laughs> Um, so again, it's one of those whereby, you know, like you have to now be okay with being terrible to start off with. And then the more that you start to develop, the more you start to find your flow uh, and the more you start to obviously create constructs and frameworks, um, I think is obviously a really, really powerful thing. And you can't shy away from doing the reps and doing the steps. And me now speaking on camera two, three, four times per week, speaking on stages and stuff like that obviously allows you the opportunity to develop those reps. Uh, and there's still times where you um, fail, say the wrong thing you kind of lose track. Um, but again, that's just an opportunity for you to be able to like progress and there's lessons within that. Uh, I think the second thing is like, I spent so much of my life pretending to be somebody that I wasn't. And every time that I would speak, I think, what does Mark want me to say? Or like, what do the podcast listeners want to hear? Um, and every single time I go into a room or do something or create content on social media, but like, okay, what does my audience want me to say? Instead of actually now realizing that I'm already playing a losing game. Now, don't get me wrong, it's really important that you can first seek to understand and explore and, and appreciate, right, okay, where are the people and, right, okay, what is it that they may be looking for? But most importantly, the first person you have to feel connected to is yourself. And it's about understanding, right, okay, how am I now communicating in a way that feels congruent to me? And I can now walk in and or communicate in a way that is in alignment with who I am, what I stand for, what I don't stand for, my experiences, my lessons, my stories, etc. And actually be okay with that and present yourself in a way that you now know that you walk can walk into a room and fundamentally be you and not think that you're having to pretend to be somebody else and or like this puppet who's having to almost think about what you're trying to say to pleasing others or validated by others, which is something that I spent so much time doing. But what ends up happening is you just trip yourself up. And then you also lose an abundance of energy uh, and then you almost lose yourself, which then leads to a heart, which, which leads then to a huge um, lack of trust and confidence within oneself. Um, and I think that's where there's a disconnect. So I think that's probably been the, the, the two biggest things for me is like allowing myself to be Joe, um, thinking, what do I want to say? What am I excited about? What am I interested about? What am I passionate about? Rather than like, what do these people want me you know, to say, and the, what are they looking to hear? And I think then doing the reps and being shit for a long period of time and then being slightly less shit and then you get better and then you're shit again because every new level, there's a new, there's a new, there's a new, there's a new devil. Um, and I think that's just a continual process. So many lessons in there, Joe, so many lessons. And it's great to hear them things. I think social media on the whole nowadays will paint a picture that everybody's perfect. The guys at the top, the guys like us who are putting material out there, it's natural to them. They know how to do it. Let's leave that to them. It resonates massively, even to myself, someone who struggled in the past, that lack of confidence, especially in front of camera, in front of strangers, in front of groups. It's real. It's very much real. So to hear you say that, someone so accomplished, someone so confident, so knowledgeable, and it's clear to see over the first 10 minutes of this conversation how much you've got to give. That's really refreshing, man, because I don't think a lot of people are at that level and that open. You know what I mean? So thank you very much for that. Um, Right, we're going to move into coaching because you are the coach's coach, amongst other things. Before we just move into that, paint a bit of a picture for us, Joe, just around your journey to date. So for the listeners, sort of where you come from, sort of education, path to your current state. Yeah, so I'll try and summarise this as uh, as succinctly as possible and not go off on a million different tangents. 
Uh, basically, massive uh, driver for me when I was younger was to become a professional footballer. At the age of 16, I had the opportunity to leave home, basically went down to the English Riviera uh, and had the opportunity to play full-time for Talking United for two years. I spent more time in the gym. I turned, I had, I had the turning circle of a milk float, um, as, uh, as, one, as one of the managers used to say. Uh, the wingers used to turn me into a pretzel uh, because I just used to train chest arms and, uh, and back every single day. And... Uh, and <laughs> And I always thought at the time, I was like, if I could just spend more time in the gym, I'd have to play footy. This would be great. I wonder if there's a job that you can do that. Anyway, uh, safe to say that I didn't get a contract. Off the back of that, um, I basically got the opportunity to get a scholarship to come to uh, Scotland. Um, I then pretty much just spent the whole time injured, studied, uh, but spent more time basically working in the gym, uh, working alongside some of the best SNC coaches in the game, working alongside some of the best sports scientists in the game, working alongside everybody from like, um, you know, Betty and Co, 50 plus kind of stretch and tone, like pink thermo, like therabands and pink dumbbells dancing to like 60s music, um, which is the hardest thing that I've ever done. Uh, and the, the most uh, nerve wracking experience of my life, uh, all the way then through to like coaching some of the highest performing kind of like athletes uh, and everybody in between. In that kind of period, I basically worked on the gym floor, delivered personal training courses, delivered S&C to American football teams, uh, did a bit of lecturing, got the opportunity to do some public speaking then. Uh, and that really just gave me like four years of just developing myself. And I did it because I just loved it. I was so passionate about it. And then uh, in my uh, third year, I, from uh, being a footballer, had this huge aspiration, this drive, and this competitive edge that I'd almost lost. Um, I always had this huge, like a love for um, like physique. Uh, I love like men's health magazines. I used to back in the day, my dad used to have a load of men, men's health magazines under his bed. And I used to just basically dumb the York. Remember the cast iron dumbbells with the, uh, the little, like you swizzle the swizzle yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember like curling till I couldn't move my arms anymore. But that was always a huge like thing for me. That I love like that, that kind of like aesthetic look. So, into, so basically my third year unit decided to compete Nobody else had done it. I was living with three other lads. They were partying and doing everything else. And I became a little bit of a lone wolf. Um, I ended up winning that competition, uh, which then meant everything went a little bit crazy. My, in my fourth year, I set up my online coaching company alongside doing my dissertation and um, coaching in the gym. Uh, and then I kind of graduated. Everybody else was getting like graduate jobs or going into like postgraduate or whatever it might be. Um, and I was like, just going to carry on this coaching thing and my dad was like when are you going to get a real job like when are you going to stop fucking around basically i was like you've got a point i actually don't know what i'm doing but i'm just going to wing it and see uh, and that kind of then led to the creation of j obviously the evolution of j physique which then led into team j physique which was a physique consultancy company uh we basically took from me to then we bring on four of my clients as coaches uh, and then we were basically specializing in like putting people on bodybuilding stages photo shoots and it's uh, like elite level transformations I then got to 2018 uh, and I was walking around the field near my house with a dog and I was just up. Uh, I just feel lost, lonely, empty, disconnected. I was like, I've got like everything that I ever thought that I'd have, but I just feel as though that there's something missing. There's a piece of the jigsaw puzzle where there's just this lack of fulfillment. And I'd almost like got to the point where like physique and aesthetic wise, like I'd, I'd kind of got to a point where I didn't really want to take it any further and it wasn't as passionate. It wasn't the same level of passion for me. Um, and then what I realized was that I'd been the guy that had been in great shape, neglected my business, built a great business, neglected my body shape, health, energy, and performance to the point of burnout, fatigue, and spending eight weeks in bed um, in a new year. And then I'd also been the guy that built the body, built the business. And then Leanne was like, you love your business and spending more time working than you do with 
me and in my head i'm like i'm doing it for us i'm doing it for this i'm doing it for that and it's like she just wanted me to be a normal bloke um who would watch netflix with her and we could go and walk and go out for food without me just like the carlsberg advert i'm there but i'm not really there um and uh until then i realized well i can't be the only person who's now struggling with this if you're a coach who runs a coaching business who's trying to develop themselves who's trying to have like relationships and everything else so i was like right i'm gonna step into being the coach's coach um and that's been the high performance coach evolution over the last four years which is then obviously kind of grown grown arms and legs mega absolutely mega and you've we're about to get into the high performance coach you've just sold it to me i'm, I'm ready to sign up where where's the dotted line it very much resonates with how i've been in the past and still states that i'll probably get myself into in the present day with that many facets going on and different ventures and sometimes i get the curly finger i get a look from from my fiance soon to be wife and it's like like you say you're doing it for us but we'd rather have you here so i'll certainly get where you're coming from there it's a fantastic brand you've put together um the message and, and what you're doing for your clients is absolutely amazing so that takes us nicely into it talk us through high performance coach and um, what it is you do obviously coaching the coaches and who benefits from it yeah so i think the first thing for me is like being a high performance coach isn't about what you have it's about who you are uh so it's not about you know whether you can run a whatever or you can lift whatever or you can make x amount of money or you have an x level of coaching business or insert any kind of metric um it fundamentally comes back down to you your character your desire your willing your want uh to progress be open fail forward fast learn um like be a person first uh, like we basically, our ethos is get the person thriving, the people and profit will follow. Uh, you're a person first, you're a coach second, you're a business owner third. Um, and the biggest and the most important component of anything is now you. Um, your business development will always be limited to your own personal development, which is quite often not podcasts, resources, courses or books. It's actually doing the work that you're putting off and you're avoiding. Um, and it's like, how am I now working harder on anything else? How am I now working harder on myself than I am now anything else? Sorry. Uh, and so for me, it was just now starting to understand, right, okay, how could I create a container and environment whereby I could now have a space that I felt as though that I needed? Um, and we could provide absolutely everything under one roof, person, coach, athlete, and business. Um, and so for us, it started off with high performance coach was the coach's coach helping busy fit pros stay on top of their body shape, health, and performance. That was my first ever tagline when I stepped into it. Um, and now it's very much um, helping um, coaches build a business that they love uh, by landing their dream clients, becoming the go-to coach by getting great results, building a phenomenal community, which is then built on retention and referrals, and then elevating their own personal standards because they are the brand, they are the person, they are the very thing that people are believing in, investing in, supporting, looking up to. Their business ambition is always limited to them. Uh, but when you're spinning all these plates and you can sometimes feel like buckaroo, where you're just carrying all this baggage, it can be quite difficult and challenging. So for us, it's about how do we now allow you the opportunity to thrive, build a business that becomes an extension of you, people by people first. That's the uniqueness in the marketplace that stands you out from anybody else is you, your stories, your experiences, your background, your aha moment. And now, like obviously the way in which you see the world and the belief that you have and the problem that you want to solve. And then, of course, your ability to develop yourself as a coach as well in terms of how you communicate, how you listen. Um, obviously, your coaching skill, um, obviously, that runs in the background, which obviously is going to take somebody obviously on a coaching journey. So you can now really have a powerful, positive impact and create change. So for us, it's about now being able to give somebody the tools and the skills and the environment to A, be themselves. Secondly, explore their potential um, and really go and be it or do it or have it all across every domain by building the systems and the strategies and the frameworks and the thinking and the operations 
to navigate where do I need to push? Where do I need to pull? What needs to be a priority? What now needs to be something that I put on the back burner, but I just protect the downsides so that you can now create synergy with all the different components of, um, you know, person, coach, athlete, and business when you are trying to move forwards and you are this uh, high energy and or like individual that knows that they're capable of more, but you just feel as though there's so much going on. So that is us and our internal like mission is to raise and elevate the standards of the fitness industry by looking after the people that are fundamentally at, like the figureheads of that, which is of course like fit, fitness professionals, coaches, gym owners, insert, you know, whatever title you want to have. It starts with you and it ends with you. Um, and so we just now have to make sure that your business is an extension of you because ultimately it's what's in here and what's in here that's going to guide and navigate that. Um, and it's quite a lonely place when you're trying to do this stuff. So having an environment of people who get it um, and accept you for you instead of like, this is what you need to do is the very thing that we want to do. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Culture is absolutely huge. It's clear to see when you're talking about that. Number one, first off, again, the passion. I said that earlier on when you're talking about HPC, passion that comes through the knowledge that's behind it how much you believe in it you say it with your chest there's no hiding there it kind of without knowing you after speaking to you for five minutes i'm ready to sign up as i've just said there and i believe in the brand i'm ready to invest in the brand so kudos in what you've achieved not just to yourself but to the team you put together over there as well where does the confidence come from joe so especially within hpc and building this brand but even with your sort of past history you've talked about yourself um uh, a brand sort of doing physique you've been coaching coaches for a while you've been putting together people, putting people on stage there's a lot of things here that taking one of these things out of your journey people listening to this might think that's their long-term goal they might one time want to step on stage they might take the plunge to be a personal trainer never mind a coach's coach to start their own business and get away from the rat race and become self-employed it seems as though the confidence is there within joe parish to go and get after it and not really worry about the flip side and what may happen is that the case or are you just so involved in chasing the positive that the negative doesn't shine through yeah i think that there's always scarcity there's always uncertainty and i think that's the, the beautiful thing it's just now realizing it's it doesn't matter where i am what i have the position you're in it's like there's always going to be three realities number one there's always going to be challenge number two there's always going to be constant work number three there's going to be uncertainty um you know like uncertainty is the only certainty but whatever in life, you know, you think exactly the same, like around even surrounding your health. It's like, you know, you can do your absolute very, very best to now look after yourself to the greatest capacity. But there's also so much that's out with your control. And I think, um, you know, confidence needs, going back to the question, it's like confidence needs evidence. Um, and you have to behave your way to success. You have to behave your way to how you want to feel. Um, and confidence then comes through competence. Competence is obviously doing the stuff. Uh, and that comes through actually doing the stuff failing at the stuff, learning about the stuff um, as you're doing the stuff and then gaining and collating feedback and then understanding what worked, what didn't work. Right, okay, I'm going to now do more of the stuff that did work and try and learn from the stuff that didn't work and I just keep moving forwards. Um, and in doing so, then obviously it's that capacity that you then build that then obviously then breeds the confidence because you're building an, a whole quote, an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are and you do what you say that you do. You know, and if I use it, it's like something really, really simple. It's like, if I speak on stage, I now know that there's always going to be, before I stand on stage, a slight bit of like, oh, like you just feel, you know, you just feel that, like you feel that emotion. It's not like, I'm not like, oh my God, shake, you know, like sh shaking and, and, and incredibly nervous. I would be if I hadn't done the work. 
But if I now know that I've done my preparation, I now know that I've done the reps, I now know that I'm talking about something that I'm incredibly confident about, and there's a lot of evidence that now backs up actually what I'm now going to talk about. Um, I now know that I've spent more time developing and iterating, and I now know how I'm going to open, how I'm going to close, and I just now know uh, who I'm speaking to, and I've done the work. When I now go and stand on stage, it's like, right, okay, cool. In my head, I'm like, I've done the work. The rest will take care of itself. Whereas if I now know that, right, okay, I'm speaking on a stage tomorrow in Belfast, and it's like, right, okay, if I now know that I hadn't prepared, I hadn't planned, I hadn't organized, I hadn't done the reps, I hadn't now done like the background stuff that I needed to do, I hadn't now like, I'm not living and breathing what I say that I do, and or I've got evidence that backs up now what I'm talking about, and what I'm trying to teach through both living it and also learning it, then I walk onto that stage and I have absolutely zero confidence, because there's no competence because there's no evidence that backs up from the behaviors that I've embodied. I've either done the thing or I haven't done the thing. And so I think it's about realizing that there's always going to be um, failure, challenge, feel like you're getting punched in the face, and there's always going to be um, that uncertainty. But it's about now trusting yourself and now understanding, right, okay, like who is it I'm committing to being, stepping into that identity and then thinking about what are the behaviors that I want to start to embody. And then realizing inside every single challenge, there is an opportunity if you're open enough to see that. That still doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It still doesn't mean that you don't feel emotion. It still doesn't mean that some days you're like, why the fuck am I even doing this? Like questioning like, what, what is all this for? Uh, a simple one maybe for some listeners it might be like, you've gone on a fat loss journey. And let's say, for example, you've been working really hard for four weeks and you just, scales aren't budging. It's just not moving. It just don't feel like you're really making progress. And then you've got the person that you know that goes to the gym that's already made more progress than you in less time. And you're going, what is it that I'm not doing? And it's about them realizing and understanding that in that valley of despair that you're sat within inside that emotional cycle of change, like that has to happen. Like that challenge, that pain, that, difficulty is always going to be a prerequisite for success but the problem is and this i've done this plenty of times is you get there and you're like i'm a failure it's not working i've, I've tried and it's not happening for me so i'm just going to give up and i'm going to go and look some and do something else now of course it's understanding when to quit and actually when you are just doing something that actually isn't working but more so than anything else it's always on its way you just can't see it yet and you just need to continue to behave and it's about focusing on the trajectory that you're on rather than the results that you're currently getting. So like even for us, like the last three months, two months especially, have been probably two of the most challenging months I've now had. And the big thing for me is like, right, okay, how do I need to behave? How do I need to respond? What is this teaching me? How am I learning? How am I growing? How am I getting better at this? And how can I focus more on the trajectory that we're on rather than the results that we're currently getting? So when emotion is high, stress has been high. When I have been like, what am I doing this for? Etc. And there's been like sticking points. It's like, right, okay, Where's the lesson in this? What do I need to do? What would my best self do? And what's the trajectory that I'm on if I keep behaving in this way? And can I extend the time horizon and focus on that rather than like, I've done a thing, I've not seen a result. So it's about being able to like fall in love with the behavior uh, that you're now building and the confidence of that then will be creating rather than the outcome and the validation that you're now getting externally. Mega, absolutely mega, makes so much sense. And again, massively resonates. I think there's some messages in there for anyone of any ability or any stage of their journey at present listening to this. It can be just on the other side of you stopping or you so-called failing. Keep pushing, keep pushing. If we keep going, we'll get there in the end. Um, just on that, Joe, I've already talked about the fact that you articulate yourself very well. Um, you're obviously very confident and very um, competent in what it is that you're putting across. Where would you say that's come from? Do you think it's come? Are you talented? Has it been forged out of hard work and learning and, and, and self-improvement? Or give us a little insight. I think, mate, I'll touch upon that in a second. One thing that I just wanted to add was that, like, I'm confident in this domain. 
but there's so many areas in my life that I'm not confident. I think we spoke about this before. It's like, if you put me on a dance floor, <laughs> you know, I want to go and hide. In, I want to go and hide in a dark room and, uh, and, and 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 not be seen by anybody. So, like, there's a perfect example. Like for 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 me and Leanne, for our wedding, she was like, Joe, she's like you know, we're doing this thing and it's like, I do not want to be that couple that has like this really awkward, like weird, like fancy. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's uncomfortable for you. It's uncomfortable for everybody watching. So we ended up going and getting dance lessons because she's like, let's just go. So again, so we went and had dance lessons. You know, what? it was really fun. And actually, do you know what? I, I turned up and I was shaking like a shitting dog. I had clammy hands and I was like, oh my God. Like, I like, yeah, like, I was literally just like, yeah. I was like a puppy that just they like did that. Their legs were too long. Oh, mate, it's no rhythm whatsoever. And it's like I have no, I don't have confidence. Like it's improved. It's improved because I then did when I did the reps. I went and did the lessons. I went and sought out an expert. I then basically practiced. And then I'll come on wedding day. It's like actually, do you know what the, the dance was amazing? It was incredible, and I actually really, really enjoyed it. And now I'm like, actually, do you know what? I'm going to continue. We everything about going and actually developing this even further. But it's like, for example, put me on a dance floor. I can't fucking have confidence in the absolute bin. Um, there's other things and other areas of my life where I don't have like confidence, you know? Um, and so I think it's about understanding, like also it's like, there might be a couple of areas in your life that you are confident. Right? Okay, why are you confident in those areas? What did you do? Like you haven't just come out the womb confident in that area. You've had to develop a skill or you've had to now be able to, and were you confident when you started that? It's like, no, when I first stood on stage, it was like, or I did a podcast, like I was a nervous, anxious wreck. And it's about realizing, right, okay, I was a nervous, anxious wreck. Right, okay, now I've been doing this for seven, eight, nine years. Now, actually, I'm more competent with it. Do I still get nervous? Yeah, a little bit, but in a different way, because I've now got the evidence that backs up all the things I've spoken about. But it's about realizing, right, okay, you don't just have confidence. And so if you can think about the areas of your life that you do have confidence, whether that's in your gym, uh, whether that's in your job, whether that's maybe within your relationship, whether that's within yourself, in your body and your training or whatever it now might potentially be, you know, whether that's in a hobby that you now have, it's like, why do I have confidence in that? Because then what you can do is you can understand what are the behaviors that I've had to like embodied for me to be able to get from here to here. And then you can pretty much just pick that up and then you can put that into any, I can put what I've done to go from here to here in like bodybuilding or whatever. And I can pick that up and put that into dancing if I wanted to, you know, and it's exactly the same thing, but it's just packaged and it's got a slightly different wrapper. And so I think it's about realizing like there's bright spots everywhere. So it's about understanding those bright spots and realizing, right, okay, what are the patterns of behavior? And how can I then start to utilize that and then think about more? I've already, and the beautiful thing is that that's already within me. You've already got that within you. And even if you're like, there's nothing right now. I'm like, well, I'm sure there's one point where maybe you decided, uh, I'm going to make this up, that you know, you wanted to learn to ride a bike. When you first learned to ride a bike, you fell over a million times and then you were able to at one point. It's like, well, then at some point, you've now been able to build confidence in riding a bike. So, perfect example. What did you do? What was the process? And how can you use that as a bright spot to realize that it's already within you? Um, most importantly, you know, which I, think is, which I think is huge. Gone back to the question, um, because I went off on a little rant there. Um, am I talented or, or do I work hard? I think first and foremost, it's the, the work. Um, the work will always come first. Um, even when I played football, I was never the most like talented player. Like I was just the person that worked the hardest. Like I said, when we spoke last week, it's like in preseason training, they used to, we did something wrong. Um, we didn't clean the balls properly or clean the boots properly or something. And they made us run. And uh, because I was so fit and I love that because I spent years running a paper around pretty much. And they, they knew that I loved getting joy from like being like a fitness fanatic. 
they made me sit out of the running, not because I was like, I was talented. It was because <laughs> I was a workhorse and I had an engine. Um, and so it was always that way where it was like, it was just my work ethic. It was my passion that kind of always got me through more than actually the talent that I had. Um, so I think it's always that work ethic, but of course, if you now do something for long enough, you then start to build systems, frameworks, you build competency. And then you obviously do start to become a little bit more specialist in a certain area because you've done it so much. And because you've then done the reps with intention, well, then of course you do develop a talent because that's the process that you have to go through. I do a thing lots of times with intention, with focus, I fail at it, I learn from it, and then I keep doing it. And if you have that attention for a period of time, then you're always gonna become better at it. And if it's a skill that you're trying to develop, well then, if you're going to commit enough time, energy, effort, intention, and work towards it, then you're always going to develop a degree of talent. I think it's th the work comes first and that comes as a byproduct in whatever it is that you're now focusing on. Great insight. Thanks, Joe. And going to get a little bit deep now with the next couple of questions. So first off, what's your why? I'm massive on why and on, on a drive or what gets you out of bed. Not necessarily yourself, but at five o'clock in the morning to go and train every morning, or what makes us stick to our guns when life's going west, for lack of a better phrase. What, what's your right? What, what makes what fuels Joe Parrish? Um, I think it's evolved and changed over time. Um, there's something that I'm running away from, and there's something that I'm running towards. And I think th there's uh, the thing that I was running away from um, was far bigger, scarier, and uh, I didn't know how to control it as much. Um, and then what I was running towards was also initially probably more like ego driven and there's still going to be some status driven like ego within that because I believe that it's not about you don't have ego. It's just about that understanding. Um, like how is that serving me? How is that not serving me? Um, so I think initially it was probably being running away from insufficiency, not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy, um, what feeling a need to prove to my, prove myself, et cetera. Um, what was I then running towards? Well, what were all the things that were going to be the opposite of that that then did make me feel like that, which were then typically external. They were external things. When I get to this, when I have that, when I've got the body, when I've got the this and I've got the that, then I will, you know? but it didn't really have meaning. It was just my measure of, well, if I feel like this, well, if I have this and that's going to get rid of this, well, that doesn't do it. If anything, it amplified it. Amplified it. So initially it was, uh, yeah, insufficiency, uh, feelings of not good enough uh, and a desire and a need to prove to prove myself. Um, and that just came to like myself. Um, more recently, there's still obviously stuff that I'm now running away from. You know, there's still that, there's still that cat that's still kind of chasing me um if and it's about realizing that okay do you know what like that's that's still going to be there but there's also cheese at the other side that i'm also now running towards as well um and the cat is always going to be the thing that if i'm now a rat that i'm not a mouse that i'm now running away from and that's still going to be there and i still need to have that but it's about understanding how do i control that and how do i understand that rather than let that crumble me and let that kind of get on top of me and let let that now impact the decisions and the choices and what i'm now doing and also how i feel about myself um and I think it's what am I running towards? And the big thing that I run towards is um, curiosity, exploration, and also now looking back and starting with the end in mind and now going, right, okay, if I look at my 85-year-old self who's now sat in a rocking chair um, and I can now reflect back and I hope I get the opportunity to, to, to get this like, visualization in terms of like reality, um, 
I want to be able to look back and just now know that I have no regrets. I've done everything that I felt that was in alignment with me and how I saw the world and what I believed in. Um, I've been able to trust myself. I've been able to do some cool shit. I've been able to connect with some great people. And I've now been able to look back and go, go right, okay, yeah, do you know what? I've given it a good go. Um, and I've done the best that I could with what I had. Um, and hopefully I've left people in a slightly better place than I found them. And also I have a massive thing of like physically and mentally wanting to explore and see how far I can go and what can I do that's going to improve and enhance and develop me in terms of like myself and what I learn about myself and also experiences, culture and different people as well. So I think start with the end in mind, rocking chair, old man, and also still running away from probably the, the, the insufficiencies and the, the um, beliefs that I've almost like held that held on that have also been the the driving force as well and the need to prove and everything else so i think it's probably a combination of the two it, it may change over time once again but i think it's okay for me i was like i almost shut that down i was like i didn't want to talk about like i oh, know i wanted to have this and wanted to have that and i'm not afraid and it's not this and it's not because i feel like i need to instead of actually now realizing actually yeah do you know what that still that still is within me you know it's not left me it's just I've been able to control it far more and raise awareness and also become to a greater degree of acceptance of that and realize that's not negative and that doesn't define me. It's just part of me. It's how I choose to use it most importantly in alignment with now what I do want to do um, and what is now driving me for, in my opinion, like an abundant mentality. Amazing, amazing. In that answer and some, some great content. I think you're a, a long way towards hitting those quotas of what you just talked about there, getting to the other end and looking back and thinking I've made an impact. So. Keep going, keep pushing along that road. Here's, we're getting really deep now. We're getting, I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you happy, Joe? And how much importance do you hinge on happiness? Um, I think it's. I think the biggest thing is like for me, it's like well, okay, just trying to define what happiness now looks like. Like, what does that now mean? I think it's different for different people, and I think sometimes you know, like for me, it was like, well, what does that even now like? What what even? like what even is that you're never going to be in a constant state of happiness i think for me it's like okay if i now go back to my like my values it's like okay am i stimulated am i challenged am i now connected to people that i now love do i now have fun um am i now expressing myself exploring am i now um laughing crying you know i'm having engaging incredible conversations am i now seeing um like different um parts of the country the world the whatever you know and i think for me it's like understanding that it's more for me about them realizing that i think you know like like i look at more like fulfillment i think probably more so more so than it like how fulfilled i don't necessarily think like how happy do i feel i think for me right now it's like how fulfilled do i feel based upon what i'm currently doing and the way in which i'm now currently living um because i now know that right okay do you know what like I can't run away from challenge. There's always going to be pain. There's always going to be uncertainty. That's not going to now go away. I think for me, it's then about looking at, okay, when I now look at that, it's like, you've got to choose what you're willing to give your like effort, energy and sacrifice into. So if I now think about the coaching stuff, it's like there's upside and there's downside. But the downsides, I'm more than willing to put like my effort, my challenge into because it's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I'm curious around and it's something that I now know that I have to do because I get these upsides. So I think for me, if like if you were to say, right, okay, like, am I happy? Like my default answer would be like, yes, I'm the most kind of aligned to myself that I've probably ever felt. But also I think for me, I probably would look at it more through the lens of like, how fulfilled do I now feel? How connected do I feel to myself, to those that mean the most to me? Um, and how connected do I now feel to the way in which I'm now currently behaving and doing the things that um, like make me feel good, most importantly. And that isn't just, you know, <laughs> um, having a hot, 
bubble bath and doing everything else. That's also being okay with accepting the new challenge and the struggle that you're hopefully voluntarily going to go through. Um, because I do know that there will then be challenge and struggle that will happen that's out with my control. And for me, it's then I just want to be in a place where I'm the best that I can be to be equipped for that most importantly. Um, and I think, you know, you're never going to be as equipped as you would like to be because you've got to be in it to, I think, experience it, explore it, understand it, learn it, et cetera. Um, but I think that's probably like more of my kind of mentality, I think, at this moment in time. What about you? Great answer. Great answer. It's, it's honestly, Joe, it's something that I'm, I've been toying with for a good while, especially since I started asking it on the podcast. Uh, and every time I get an answer, especially such an in-depth answer as, as what you just gave there, it kind of not changes my stance on my own happiness, but it gives me more of an understanding of what happiness is. I think you summed it up there to a T. It's all sort of relative. It's what, what do you understand happiness to be, for starters. I think it's a work in progress. I see happiness as a mood, like you've just said there. I think it comes and goes. Um, and as a leader, as a provider, as somebody who is very, very hungry, and I'd say my sort of outside of family and wanting to raise my kids and provide an environment for them, I'm someone whose probably main focus in life leads towards finding where the limits of my potential lie. And I'm talking physical, mental, across the park, across the park. So... Once again, you give me some food for thought there, and certainly a lot of that. I'll listen to this back, and I'll take away, and I'll sit down again in a dark room alone, in silence, and I'll ask myself, Mark, are you happy? The answer changes every time, my friend. Well, that was a fantastic answer. Fantastic yeah, answer. So, I'll quickly add, like, mate, this is this is deep. But me and Leanne were actually walking the dog a couple of days ago, and we'd listened to a podcast. Um, and again, it was actually talking about an individual who, who had cancer and uh, was obviously kind of um, been through obviously a series of, of challenges and obviously treatments, et cetera. And we would just go on to the topic of like life and death and everything else. And we're talking, I was like, like, it's like, if I was to die next week, what would I regret? You know, and it's like, right, okay, it's like how that's how I like, and we then ended up having this like in, dog walks are the best because it's like that's where we probably that's where we connect and that's where we challenge one another. That's where we like talk about life and what we're going to do, what we're not going to do, and we end up going on random um, topics. Um, and I think it's then looking at it through that lens and it's like, right, okay, if I was to die next week, what would I regret? And again, that's obviously pretty um, morbid, but it was like understanding, right, okay, what would I change? Like, what would I now do differently? What would I give less fucks about? What would I give more fucks about? What would I actually, you know, let go of? What would I now, like, focus on, like, more? And, of course, like, it's difficult to kind of, I think, um, really, like, no to 100%. Um, but I think that was, like, even a conversation we just had two days ago, just as, a like, a, in a personal kind of relationship, even with one another. It's like, right now, we don't have kids. And I was like, um, you know, like, is, would, that, would that now be a regret of ours at this moment in, in time? um you know and it was like this conversation that we just had now like like back and forth and it was just um interesting just to see like right okay because again like i think sometimes i talk so often about like myself and like extend the time horizon do this do that but then also at the same time it's like right okay like there is obviously a ticking there is a ticking time um that there's uncertainty with like you don't know uh, and so i think for me it's always then like that conversation even two days ago grounded me and was like yeah well what would I what would I regret? What would I do more of? What would I do less of? What would I care less about? What would I care more about? Like where would I spend more time? Where wouldn't I spend more time? You know? And I think <laughs> that's a nice little kind of opportunity to understand what okay, what needs to change or 
or do I need to like, I'm getting stressed about this and actually, do you know what, like that stuff in 20, 30, 40 years time, I'm probably not even going to be bothered about. So do you know what, like, how do I just now let it go, learn from it and then move forwards? Um, and it's just, I think for me, like I'm just talking through my, my, my process, I suppose, which isn't right or wrong. It's just me just trying to figure out the world in my own unique way. Um, so yeah, just thought that was a, a little insight from a conversation a couple of days ago surrounding, like, I suppose the, the happiness kind of paradigm more so than anything else. Yeah, I love that, Joe. Thanks for sharing there. Thanks for sharing there, a little personal one. But it sounds like you've got a keeper there, my friend. And <laughs> those, those deep conversations that go off on the tangents and you end up somewhere where you never thought you'd have that type of conversation. Mate, priceless, absolutely priceless. And that's that's what I yearn for. That's what we have, me, me and my fiance. Um, when the kids have gone to bed, I might add, because when the kids are awake, it's absolute chaos and the house is upside down. But yeah, they're, they're certainly, they're absolute magic sometimes. They're absolute magic. Great conversations to have and some great questions that you're asking each other there. Things that need to be discussed and need to be considered, but most people probably stay away from because they're a little bit morbid. Well, no, that's great. Right, so end of each podcast, I ask the guests a series of questions, the same questions, because they say success leaves clues. Just before we get into that section, I want to ask you, what is your message for the listeners. So anyone listening in, the podcast is geared towards self-improvement, the fact that the path to success is not linear. There's going to be struggles along the way. Anyone that's at the bottom of the hill looking up, wants to achieve something, what would you say? I think two things. Uh, okay, three things. Number one, people need you exactly as you are today. You already have a powerful story that you already have bright spots within you and there's already evidence within your previous and or current that now will leave clues that you can now use um and it's about understanding that it's already within you uh second thing you already are enough um i think for me for so long i was chasing validation and approval and this and that and if i get all these things instead of actually now realizing i already am enough and people need me exactly as i am today uh, and then my favorite mark manson quote is you can't be seen as a life-changing presence to some without being seen as a joke or embarrassment to others uh, and i think I use myself. It's like I have not done things, put things off, not said things, not taken action on things, um, not allowed myself the opportunity to actually be me uh, through the fear of judgment, not being liked um, and or like accepted, etc. And it's more like, how is this going to be perceived if I fail? How's it going to be perceived? If I do this, how's it going to be perceived? If I try this thing and it doesn't work, how's it going to be perceived? If I, you know, so I think if I if I be myself and they don't like me, then well, how's that going to be perceived? You know, so I think for me, it was just realizing when he said that, I was like, yeah, that's an absolute game changer. So yeah, you already are enough. You already have everything within you. Um, and then also, yeah, you, you can't be seen as a life-changing presence of some without being seen as a joke and embarrassment to others. Uh, and actually the people that now do need you, need you exactly as you are today. And it's how do I step into that and own that even more in your greatest vulnerabilities, your greatest challenges that you have probably experienced and been through and everybody has a variance based upon like themselves and um I think it's about just now acknowledging and understanding that I think for me, it was realizing that actually that can be my superpower and I can actually now use that to my advantage instead of letting that now crumble me and get the better of me and now make it feel as though that that was leading to me now not being enough and or the insert whatever, you know? So I think it's about looking at, right, okay, actually the biggest challenges, struggles and vulnerabilities are actually also your biggest strengths and your biggest superpowers. Um, I think it's just about now being open to that. And I think that's probably been, if I spoke, speak from my personal experience probably the one of the biggest things that's allowed me to have a greater degree of acceptance of me um, which i think is huge amazing absolute gold some great takeaways there some great takeaways 
Right, we're moving to the final portion. Because success leaves clues, you see if there's any patterns in here. So the first one is, Joe, just talk us through your morning routine. Have you got sort of a similar routine morning to morning? Um, yeah, so uh, I used to obviously do a whole host of different things. I've kind of trialed never lots of different things. And also it really does just depend and change. Um, like so like wake time, sleep times, actually do sleep times stay exactly the same, but wake times do also just like change. Um as the season shift and based upon obviously like where we are. Um before I would have been like, right, I've got to get up, get up at this time and I've got to go do this. And if I don't do this and I'm not successful. Um whereas actually now for me I realized you know what actually I just need I'm at a point at the moment where I at this present apart from having a dog that may potentially need a poo in the middle of the night. I don't I don't have I don't have to like get and also I'm in a position where I have a little bit more autonomy in terms of my time, in terms of when I start, which hasn't always been the case and that's only become more recent. Um so like for me now, like we currently wake between seven and half seven. Uh first thing we do is like in lockdown, we basically created the Tartan engine room, uh, which is just the gym that we have in the house. Um so all I have to do is I drink some water, I put some clothes on, uh and then then uh, step across the threshold um, and then I train uh, first thing every single day. It's not optimal. I would prefer to train later on in the day, but if I try to train later on, it just doesn't happen because I just get caught up in work. I'm like, oh, I was training a minute. I'm just going to respond to these few messages or just to feel a little bit everywhere. And if I train late at night, I'm absolutely wired. Um, so I'm in a position whereby I can now allow myself the opportunity to create that structure. Um, I then basically shower, I then shake, I then greens powder, I, I then uh, caffeinate and then off the back of that mate i'm literally here bang um and that's typically my my kind of morning routine i've written out the day before a b c d e f g pretty much like you're gonna do this you can 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 do this here's other stuff that you need to do but it's not on the do this stuff list um and so that's already kind of locked and loaded uh so that's typically how like we start every single day six days per week one day in the morning i obviously on a sunday i don't train um and that's pretty much my uh my routine at the moment i did that's a successful morning sounds like a successful morning to me mate um right moving on to the next one what percentage of the time would you say you're on it so when i say on it i mean contributing towards something worthwhile it can be personal it can be professional it can be family time just not wasted time just trying to gauge a picture here of successful people versus those looking towards that there's a hell yeah. of a lot of scrolling social media nowadays, isn't it, mate? So what time, what, how much time would you say you're actually on it? Yeah, I still, you know, I still procrastinate. I still fuck around. I still don't spend all my time on it. I think the biggest thing is like I've just tried to develop and improve and enhance my relationship with rest and my relationship with recoverability and my relationship with spontaneity. Um, I was working with a leadership coach for a little while. And uh, one thing that we kind of did was a, a psychometric um, kind of like profiling and um, it came out what I thought it was going to come out and what she also thought was going to come out as well. Uh, but the other thing that it kind of did take from that, that it really gave me was that although I love structure, discipline, routine, I love A, B, C, D, this is what you're now going to do. Bang, 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 bang. Let's go and get after it. Let's go and do this. And like, achieve and more and build and create and all this stuff um it did also say like one of my greatest things that i need to develop and work and improve upon which would take me to a whole new level would actually be the opportunity to have a, late, a greater degree of spontaneity because that would actually enhance and improve my creativity uh therefore actually not having like structured and bound like at this time you're going to do this and at this time you're going to do this and at this time you're going to do this thing um and we laugh and joke quite often because inside the high performance coach obviously with the incredible team that we have ben in particular he's like mate when you get on a plane you get on a plane as one guy and then when you get to your destination you get off that plane a different bloke and he's like, because I don't know what happens in the air, but obviously without the Wi-Fi, I feel as though I'm probably like on a different planet. 
Like every single time I get on a flight, there's probably any longer than an hour or two. It's like I come off that plane, a different human being. Um, and I think it's just almost like this disconnection from me. And I get the opportunity to think I'm creative. I haven't got this meeting or I haven't got this thing. It's like I might have a list of things that I'm going to do. But some of the best flights I've ever been on is when I've gone onto a flight and I've got nothing to do. And then all of a sudden I come off the flight and I've literally just written or sent or voice noted like this big, long, massive, girthy thing in terms of what we're now going to do and how we're going to do it. And this is bum, 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 bum. And they're like, whoa. Um, so I think for me, I'm actually trying to spend a little bit more time off it. Um, and that's what I'm trying to develop because actually, again, you can only accelerate as well as you can brake. If you're in an F1 car, when you go around the corner, uh, that's always going to be the biggest limitation. And so I think for me, it's just trying to develop my relationship with actually the the fun and the spontaneity and the, the ability to actually now just have that like freedom because then fundamentally that regeneration and that curiosity and creativity that will come from that will actually then allow me the opportunity to be even more intentional and on it. Um, so I'm more focused on, right, okay, where's the intention um, and my effort now being placed most importantly when I'm on it. Is this recoverability and rest stuff stuff that I'm good at? No, I'm terrible at it. Um, I feel guilty. I feel bad. I feel like I should be doing something. I feel like this is a waste of time. I feel like I could be spending my time doing Um, So this is something that I'm trying to develop and work on myself and continually try to improve. Um, and every single time I have done it, there's always been a bright spot and something that's gone, nothing's broken. You've not gone backwards. And actually, you've probably come out of this with more energy and or an idea that now all of a sudden changes the game. Um, or is this one puzzle that you can't put together now all of a sudden you've now been able to like merge and you're like, right, okay, that makes sense. So I think it's on it, off it, actually, how can I be more off it to then be able to be more on it with even more intention, um, I think is the the biggest thing for me. That's great. A lot of it resonates once again, mate. Good luck with that. I'm, I'm having some trouble letting go myself and switching off and you're doing the things that I know I need to do. Well, there we go. There we go. The price of success, or so they say. Um, and then the final one, Joe, just to wrap things up. You're going to sit down to dinner with three people, dead or alive, past or present, in an aid to conversate and contribute towards your future being as successful as possible. Who are your three people? Um, I know you asked me this last week, so I know that obviously I already, actually, when you first asked me this question last week, I was like, I actually was like struggling. Um, <laughs> I will give you the same the same three uh, people if the podcast or if we found actually where the podcast recording went, then we could tell the people that tell, the people would know that it would be the same. It would be the same. It would be the same answers. But um, like the first one would be uh, probably my granddad, uh, just because again, like probably been the biggest role model in my life. He's still alive. Um, like fortunately, and I, I'm I'm um, appreciative of every single moment I get the opportunity to spend time with him. Um, and so it'll probably be him. Um, the second person again, who I appreciate and value in terms of how they communicate conduct themselves how they articulate their message uh, in terms of like not necessarily it's not about what they say it's about how they say it and the ability to now be able to actually i think listen um which i think is really powerful is chris williamson i think on modern wisdom i think his ability to be able to articulate himself is incredible he's obviously um podcast some phenomenal people and i think his love for like curiosity um, I think gives him such an expansive level of like depth and thought. And I think that's, I think find that really, really interesting. So I, I value and respect um, um, like that. So I think obviously um, he right now, if I think about the, the present um, and then if I think about somebody that's completely um, maybe not expected um, would be pink. 
uh, because me and Leanne watch a documentary. I'll, we love watching documentaries if it's like all or nothing or, you know, whatever, like the the Williams sisters. It could be any any documentary about any individual. Um, I find fascinating just because I love just exploring and understanding like the last time. All those different things I think are amazing. Um, but we watched the Pink documentary and I was like, she was just, an, she's just an absolute badass. She's unbelievable. And everyone else does. <laughs> what should i watch i would say go and watch a pink documentary because i just think how she conducts herself how she runs her business whilst having a family whilst then being able to stay in shape whilst then trying to do all the different things that she does and how she like really operates i thought was just like mesmerizing i was like i just want to be pink when i grow up so uh based upon that documentary um i would uh, say her as number three love it love it Great conversation. I'll certainly sit in the back and eavesdrop. And they are the same three. He's not changing answers. Still to his guns there. Mate, so, who, would, uh, who, would be, who, would, who would be your three? Um, I've actually just recorded a podcast with, sort of flipped the script a little bit, um, brought in a host and I've become guest. So I, I have recently had this conversation. Um, and my three would be Kobe Bryant. Yeah, for reasoning behind both the sport, the physical, but also the mental side. Anything he sort of committed himself to, he was he was a massive success. Uh, mindset unbelievable. Second one was Andrew Huberman of Huberman Labs podcast. The knowledge unbelievable. Everything scientifically backed. If he's got scientific backing, I'm in. I'll tell you that now. And the third one, rather controversial at this point in time, Andrew Tate. And I'm expecting when that podcast gets released, or when this podcast gets released, I'll get a few comments and a good kick in from some directions. But some of the content, some of the content, I think I'm intelligent enough um, to take what I need to out of the content that he puts out. And there's some some seriously intelligent stuff that goes out, very direct um, and very pro self improvement and strength and, and sort of go out and get it. So, yeah, that'd be my three. But um, a great question. I'm sure it'll change again next month and next year, and you know, you know how it is. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I think. Come on. No, Joe. I, after you, mate. I was just going to say, yeah, uh, that's about us. We're we're about wrapped up in terms of questions. Yeah, no, dude, absolutely awesome. I think as always, it's one of those. It's like it's. I think the biggest thing is like I said this to a talk I delivered in um, Ibiza last week. It's like I think whenever you think about like individuals, it's not, not that you're trying to take all of them. It's like, right, okay, just what are the, some of the, 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 the traits that you now admire? Um, and then how can you obviously understand like the traits that you admire? That's the, 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 the kind of huge thing for me that I always focus on is like really starting to explore, right, okay. So when I think about, obviously I go into a room, it's like, right, okay, what are the traits that I now admire about this person, this person, this person, this person, this person. Okay. Uh, and then there's also going to be what loads of traits that I don't admire in this person, this person, this person, this person, and this person. Uh, and then it's just like taking little kind of like snippets more so than anything else. It doesn't have to be the full complete kind of picture. It's just about um, what are the behaviors of others that I now admire, respect, value. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like, again, it might be stuff actually that you maybe don't see. Um, but I think it's just understanding then, like I say, it's like, how can I take, I think you can take something from everybody, you know, like regardless of the room that you now go into, everybody has a story, everybody has something to share, everybody has something that can leave somebody else in a slightly better place with whether they believe it or not. Um, and I think it's, that's like one of the most powerful things for me. And that's like the curiosity piece that I think is always, it's just, yeah, how can I start to trait Jack? Because 
even if you don't see it in yourself, if you see it in somebody else, well, then you have then the power to be able to understand well, what are the behaviors they embodied and how can you then see it within yourself? You know, and I think that's, that's um, how I like to look up the external. Super massive. As always, great input, great input. Well, that about wraps us up, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. You are an inspiration to start with. Uh, I said at the start, I don't want to blow too much smoke up your ass, but um, mate, very intelligent massive passion it's clear to see the passion behind what you do uh, the service you're providing your you talked about chris williamson there and the way he articulates himself and the power behind it i think you certainly got that same talent it's definitely in you well thank you for coming on really appreciate it mate and pleasure absolute pleasure i'll catch up with you soon dude you're a legend thank you so much for having me and uh buddy you're an absolute uh animal i'm excited for what's to come cheers joe